0: I was born, twinned to Nickel. where in every other egg there was only one. We woke together. We named ourselves Together. We touched the soil of our new home at the same instant. We witnessed the death of a sister, and in this way, we learned that no creature is safe. Not even us. Welcome to the Planewalkers, an MTG lore cast that chronologically follows the timeline of magic. My
1: name is Sam. And my name is Kyle. And we're back after a couple weeks. We had to take a bit of a pause for illness. Um, but I'm assuming that that gave you probably some time to <laughs> play some magic or build some decks or something. No? <laughs> uh, you know,
0: I don't get to play magic very often. My play group lives in... A town an hour away Mm -hmm. so makes it hard to uh, get to play but I I got to build some well fix up some decks I took apart one deck and added it throughout a bunch of other decks and then I started fixing the land base so that I can try and have consistent looking basics for my Mm -hmm. decks I'll have to buy some of those at some point but that's a problem for another time. Uh,
1: the deck you took apart was there a reason uh, why you took it apart? Or
0: you know, I I had at one point a general kudro of dranith deck and so it's a pretty humany mm-hmm. based deck and I had really liked it but it just didn't seem very strong so I took it apart. And uh like for my playgroup it didn't seem like it would hold up very well. So I took it apart and then uh, I was like, I, I wanna rebuild it. I wanna see if I can make it better. And then I was going through and I'm like a lot of these cards would probably just that I have in a different deck would probably just work better in this one. Mm-hmm. And so then I started looking at my Carador deck, which I had gone an aristocrats kind of route with it to a degree. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do I take this apart? I asked my friend and he's like, yeah, I don't know why you'd go aristocrats with Kara or it just doesn't seem right to me. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I kind of see. And then one thing led to another and I took out all the, most of the aristocrat stuff and put it in Dina Soul Steeper instead. So, um, so. I still want to rebuild the Kudro deck because I think it's a cool card. I got the borderless one from a collector's booster when Akoria came out, and I
1: mm-hmm.
0: wanted to build it, um, but it's currently just a pile of cards right now. Um, what about you? You been up to anything?
1: Um, uh, I've finally put together a uh, a deck that I've been working on, uh, for the, since, uh, November, I guess since, uh, I guess since the brothers War pre-release. oh uh, okay. so I had opened a, um, Urza Prince of Krug, um, Ooh. in the, with the, um, uh, the alternate, uh, Oh, uh, the uh, alternate Prince. Um, I can't think of yeah, the, yeah. what they're called. I got the
0: Mishra one. Okay.
1: Uh, so the, the one with the, um, uh, with the blueprints on the back, the um, the design—it's the the cartoony yeah, design. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, had yeah. The, um, the like the, the
0: background of the art is like blueprinty.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm trying yeah, to remember yeah, what, I the, got... what those were called. Those artifacts. I don't, I don't the... remember. Uh, the... Well, anyway, so I had decided that I wanted to build that deck, um, but I had also decided that. Um, I'm not a big fan of uh, the old border style, but I okay, really yeah. did like the um, the artifacts with those uh, um, retro schematic. That was the, that's what mm-hmm. the, the oh, yes. ones are called. I did like the look of the retro schematic uh, artifacts, so um, I had built it specifically with any artifact that I was going to put in the deck. I had. Uh, got a uh, retro somatic version of it so mm-hmm. it had been one that i had just been s- slowly kind of putting together uh over time and then right. uh i realized that uh, there was a couple cards that i already owned but wanted to was didn't want to take out of another deck mm-hmm. um but then i started giving it more thought and realizing um i have an osgear deck that um, um, is doing a lot of the same things as this Urza deck is going to be doing, which is copying artifacts. Right. And I thought, well, actually, I saw the I saw what the current price of uh, Anointed Procession is, which is like, eighty dollars <laughs> Canadian. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not buying is it that one. much. Yes. Oh my <laughs> yes gosh, I have
0: one. It's just sitting on my desk. Yes. I knew it was expensive. I didn't know it was that much
1: yeah i got one uh about a year ago and paid about half of that oh. and, the, and even then at the time was thinking oh geez do i want to spend that much uh and technically i
0: bought one for like 160 dollars because i got it in a almond box <laughs> okay
1: but <laughs> you you got other stuff in it though yeah, so, yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah it technically wasn't that much but
1: I can understand your math logic there so <laughs> uh, um, but then, uh, but uh, but I haven't got to play it at all. Uh, I've played a little bit of uh, I've been playing um, some historic brawl on arena mm. um, but the the good thing is is that <laughs> even though we ha- haven't got to play a lot of magic, there's been so much stuff going on in the world of oh, ma- yeah. like so much news in the last couple weeks um, Oh, it's crazy so over the last couple weeks, for you, what's been the, the biggest piece of news?
0: Oh, you know, at first it was the March of Machines and the spoilers that came for that, the early spoilers. Those were mm-hmm. pretty cool. A new Chandra card, really mm-hmm. want that. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'll put aside a little bit of money for like a bundle in one of the pre cons. And then the uh, they teased Commander Masters, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what do I do?" Uh, I kind of want one of those. Uh, I kind of want that Planeswalker precon, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, "Okay, okay, I can probably split my money up so I can get a bit of both." And then they teased the Lord of the Rings set, and I initially, when that set had been announced, like. A year or whatever ago i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna buy a box of that and then when they announced uh march of machines and commander masters i was like okay i guess i'm not gonna buy lord of the rings box
1: because
0: mm-hmm. i want this other stuff a lot and then they started showing the cards a few of the cards for the lord of the rings set and i'm like okay i guess i'm not getting march of machines or commander masters anymore Cause I yeah. really want a box and one of the pre cons for that. And that's going to be more probably than I would have spent on the other two sets.
1: Yeah.
0: So I had to scrounge for like the last bit of trade in I can find for store <laughs> credit basically. Cause it's otherwise it's just too much money for me to spend. Um, but now we're in, full on into story stuff for March of machines. Mm-hmm. Uh, Getting close to spoiler season for that, which will be interesting and very exciting, I'm sure. But the story has been really interesting. So far, it's well-written. The characters Mm -hmm. are really interesting, and they're doing a really good job of splitting up the story, telling us what's going on all over everywhere, and it's just really good. They've got three side stories now and four or five mainline stories I can't re- quite remember off the top of my head but it's very good stuff uh, but right now mostly looking forward to the story and the Lord of the Rings set that comes out in June what about you anything stick out to you
1: Um. Uh, so the, uh, I think that the Lord of the Rings stuff is interesting um, right. uh, it's not like I'm, I'm I'm interested in playing it uh, mm-hmm. in, in trying it out. Um, I will admit that the showcase, uh, art cards are absolutely gorgeous. I love the oh, yeah. showcase, uh, frame. It mm-hmm. looks fantastic. Yeah, it's
0: gorgeous. Um, uh,
1: but I'm not at the point though, where I feel like it, seeing it changed, uh, my, what I want to be spending money on. Um, that's fair.
0: Lord uh, of the Rings is pretty big for me. I, uh, after Star Wars, Lord of the Rings is probably mm-hmm. my biggest, like, fandom kind of thing, and then it's magic, so mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings is pretty high up there for me, so yeah, I yeah. felt like I need to get some.
1: And, and, and I think it's, I think it, uh, it's great. Like, I, I think the, uh, that the magic is doing more of these sets. Um, I hope that it this actually does well. I, I'm sure it will. Oh, it's um, going to. Because it means that they'll hopefully be doing more sets, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I do like the idea that it's just, it's kind of one contained set. Uh, so, you know, if you decided that you wanted to just play, you know, some Lord of the Rings sealed, <laughs> you know, you could pick yeah. up some packs. Um, although I'm concerned to what the prices are going to be like, especially after the initial yeah. run. They're probably uh, going to drop
0: a bit. Yeah. At but least one of the... Initially.
1: But one of the things Sorry. that I absolutely love, and I don't know how you feel about it, but I think I think for this set it makes perfect sense, is the idea that they are going to have a uh, collector's edition of the One Ring card that mm-hmm. will only have one copy in, in existence.
0: Oh, you know, from a lore design, it's Perfect. I love it Sure, you can argue that it's just gonna spike up the prices for collector boosters Everyone's gonna be Mm -hmm. buying them trying to get this card But it thematically works like it's the one ring sure you can get it regular But if you want that special version that people are estimating could go up to six figures I don't know if it'll go that high. It's not Mm -hmm. it's not a it's not a black Lotus for crying out loud. But maybe because it's only one and it's special, I don't know. But it's it's really cool thematically. I think it's pretty pretty neat.
1: I I, I agree. I think it, it I think it makes perfect sense for the set. It doesn't, um, you know. The, uh, with Brothers War, we saw the you know we saw the the numbered artifacts, and those seem uh, to do well. Yeah and you're right it is completely thematic and i do like the idea that hey if if you just want to play the card you can go get mm-hmm. the you know i'm oh, yeah. sure you'll be able to you know get the regular version pretty inexpensively yeah um but i wonder i wonder how quickly it's going to take for someone to actually open it
0: I think I read the, saw someone do the math on Twitter. I think the numbers were pretty high for how many boxes would have to statistically be open for someone to actually pull it. I don't remember the exact math, but it was a large amount of boxes of collector boosters that would have to be open. But, I mean, there's so many people that play Magic. I'm sure someone's going to open it. Sure, it's only in English collector boosters, but... You can get those all over. Uh,
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, um, aside from that, I started reading the March the Machine story. I'm a bit behind. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to, to spoiler season. Uh, Mark Mm -hmm. Rosewater posted his, uh, you know, his teases today. Um, uh, I think... uh, I'm pretty sure one of the uh, cards that he teased is uh, explains some of the rules for a battle card. Ooh! So yeah, everyone um,
0: wants to know what those battle cards do.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm very haven't even excited. Haven't shown yet. Yeah, <laughs> but I love that though. Like that was, and that's one of the things, like in the Lord of the Rings card teases that mm-hmm. they tease this mechanic that uh, you know when there the is... the temptation. Yeah, when you're tempted by the ring, this happens. And, and you know, so now we're going to have to wait for, you know, a, a, at least a couple months before yeah. we get to find out exactly what that means. And um, I, like the, I like the idea that they're not just teasing um, uh, planes or uh, characters, that they're also teasing mechanics uh, for yeah, future sets. that's cool.
0: It it gives people other things to speculate about other than lore stuff because not everyone cares about the lore, though we clearly do because that's what? why we're here. What? I know it's crazy, but some people only like to play the game.
1: That that's or don't like know it's... that there's lore. And, and and that and to be honest, that is probably um, a more truthful statement mm-hmm. than that people uh, don't care.
0: I know there are some people that don't care, but yeah, it's mostly probably people that don't really know there's a story.
1: Yeah. So, last time, uh, doing a little bit of a recap, we talked about the timeline of magic, uh, the birth uh, of the Elder Dragons, uh, and very specifically, um, the birth of Nickel and Ugin. Um, We learned how Elder Dragons were born, uh, how right from the beginning, they witnessed How cruel the world can be. Um, And while Ugin uh, was haunted at the death of uh, his sister, we found out that Nicol was angry, uh, and uh, angry at exactly uh, how scared uh, that that made him. So what are we going to be talking about this week?
0: Yeah, so today we're going to continue the story of Nicol and Ugin as they come to meet their siblings and cousins. And what they kind of learn from these interactions. So, um, last we left off, our two dragon twins were ha- had fled, or not fled necessarily, but had taken flight to the mountaintop after the death of their sister. Um, and after a bit of conversation that we kind of maybe brought up last time. It's been a bit. (laughs) Uh, They eventually take up on their first proper flight, just kind of exploring Dominaria and uh, just taking in the plane. Uh, Ugin especially takes in everything from the vastness of the sky, the rivers streaming across the land, and the plants and beasts that dwelled within this land. Uh, Nickel looked too, but his thoughts were more firmly planted on revenge. He wanted revenge against the humans who had killed their sister.
1: Now, that makes sense. What doesn't make sense is, isn't this something that, uh, that, uh... Ugin, uh, would be, uh, interested in as well?
0: You know, Ugin, while bothered a bit by what had happened, um, understands that this probably, they, they couldn't have done anything, um, at the time. And he honestly is just more interested in the vast world that, lies before them, ready to be explored. Um, He tries to lure Nickel away from what happened, try and pique his curiosity of the world. But it more or less kind of fails. Uh, They argue about how things go down in the forest with their sister and the hunters, Uh, Ugin continues to ask Nickel if he's curious about the world, but Nickel only seems to want to learn about the hunters, specifically where they're from, who they are, how to kill them. Uh, Nickel thinks that now that the hunters have killed one dragon, they will no longer fear the dragons and they might try and kill more. Uh, Ugin just doesn't really seem all that concerned in the end of things. With what happened to his sister, whereas Nickel, it plagues him for a quite a bit of time.
1: So, where are the other elder dragons at this point? Like, are they just hanging out, or <laughs> are yeah, they kind so of, confused? yeah?
0: Um. So, not very long after their flight and their conversation, they spot the metallic sheen of their brother Chromium Ruel, who is currently just lounging on an outcropping of rock that hangs over this lake. Um, Chromium, ever this curious one, similar to Ugin in that sense. Um, They fly down to him with the intent to land, uh, only to realize that Chromium, who they thought was kind of just sleeping or just relaxing, was actually watching and examining some, monstrously large creature that was swimming in the lake Um, but upon their arrival it disturbs the creature which disappears and irritates chromium uh, pretty pretty immensely Um, nickel asks him if he was even hunting uh, which chromium scoffs at and asks if that's all he thinks about and asks why they ruined his studies, uh, because he wants to just study every creature that inhabits this specific lake. Um, We also learn from this conversation uh, that, from speculation from Chromium, that Nicol and Ugin are indeed much smaller than most Elder Dragons because As twins they came from the same egg stone and basically are one body in two bodies basically they kind of split the difference between the two of them Um, we also learn that dragons are born with the gift of names Mm -hmm. uh, and that whatever that that basically means that the elder dragons can think if they're I guess looking at a dragon and they can figure out their name from that which is what Chromium does to figure out the twins' names after only thinking about it. I don't know if it would have been Nickel Ugin or Ugin Nickel or whatever or if it would have been something different if they were one being but that's kind of what happens uh, with them in regards to their naming. Um there's a bit more dialogue that happens between them and then he kind of shoes the twins away because Nickel keeps asking about hunting and stuff and he tells them if that's all they care about they should go find Palladium moors
1: so at this point where is Palladium moors uh,
0: Palladium Moors is kind of just she, I guess she's kind of found her own hunting ground in this wide grassland mm-hmm. Uh, It is here that they find her hunting four-legged beasts, it's not really specified what kind of beasts they are, but uh, as they kind of approach her, seeing her kill one of these older uh, creatures uh, at the end of the pack, or herd I guess, um, she, being the ferocious and territorial dragon that she is, immediately becomes hostile as they approach. and immediately acts threatening towards the twins. They ask, they ask her pretty quickly. Well, Bolus. Ugh! I did it again. Nickel, so used to it. Uh, Nickel asks uh, Palladium ores if they can teach her, uh, if she can teach them how to hunt. Uh, she kind of just makes fun of them and says, you're so small. The two of you little runts. probably too small to hunt.
1: So I, I I can see Ugin being the type of dragon uh, that could take a joke. Um, Nickel, not so much.
0: Yeah. Nickel, never one to be insulted, states that they are already much better hunters than she is. Once they learn how to hunt, though. <sighs> uh, pretty bold statement, <laughs> if you ask me. Uh, she's already tired of both them and her meal. She's only eaten a portion of it. And, and she basically just throws the food to them and leaves. Um, uh, as Ugin takes a bite of the food, the this animal carcass, and enjoys it. But... And he tries to get Nickel to enjoy in it as well. And by the time he debates whether he's going to have more of this food, he comes to notice all the creatures already coming to this dead animal. He notices all the insects that begin to land on this this carcass. He begins to note the smaller carnivores that watch from a distance, kind of just waiting carefully to get their opportunity for some of this meat. Uh, And here Ugin Mm -hmm. is hit by the revelation that death is merely a part of a great cycle.
1: So, this great cycle, is is this something that comes into play later on? Uh, Or or is it just just this revelation that's something that drives uh, Ugin uh, forward?
0: You know, I don't know if it specifically affects Ugin, a whole lot in the grand scheme of things but he basically comes to realize like the circle of life that's kind of what i meant by the great cycle he he realizes that when things die other things come in and they consume it and i mean the circle of life occurs all throughout Mm so i'm sure he takes those learnings to heart over time but we haven't really gotten to a point where that might come up yet so it's hard to say for sure
1: Fair enough.
0: Um, it's here, uh, after this encounter with ors that it is implied that the twins spend several years perfecting hunting. Uh, in the beginning, they're harassed uh, by ors uh, a bit, and so they move to different lands. Um, in these other lands, they're threatened by their cousin Vivictus Asmati, another elder dragon who we haven't really talked about yet Mm -hmm. uh, and his siblings and so they keep moving until they've eventually come across a human settlement Uh, Ugin remarks that typically these uh, that they typically ignore human settlements because people don't taste very good to him he mm-hmm. also remarks that he doesn't like eating things that can speak. Interesting little note there. Um, they discover that this settlement is one of the largest that they've come across with all sorts of different buildings, not just the same kind of generic structure. Um, not only that, but they discover that their brother, Arkady Saboth dwells here as well. Um, they're very quick to note that and are very surprised that there are humans that just sit and stand around their brother without fear and this leads to this cur this curiosity leads the twins to trying to visit the brother to see what they can learn about the strangeness of the scene uh, they try to approach but despite the fact that this city seems perfectly fine with Arkady Sabath they become quite alarmed and begin to attack the qu- the twins uh, as they approach immediately causing Nickel to fight back before being tackled by Arkady Sabath
1: and what is Ugin doing while all this is happening
0: uh, Ugin attempts to intervene uh, save his brother before things get too bad and mm-hmm. uh, And he manages to de-escalate things. Arcady Sabath correctly identifies them as the twins, Nickel and Ugin. Uh, Only for Ugin. Uh, No, only for Nickel. Jeez. You miss a week and everything falls apart. Uh, uh, Much to Ugin's surprise, Nickel uh, identifies himself for the first time as Nickel Bolus and states that all proper dragons should have two names. Uh, After a bit of conversation, Arcadius Sabath invites the twins to come and stay with him in his city so they can study the humans and just watch them and learn from them and him, uh, to which both Mm -hmm. the twins agree. Uh, Here the twins stayed for many years, with Ugin poking his nose into everything. He eventually meets and befriends a holy elder named Tejuki, te, I think that's how it's pronounced. Te, tejuki, Tejukai, mm-hmm. P- probably ki. Uh, Nikolbolas, not very interested in a possessionless human, as he says, sticks close to Arcades and does everything he can to help. He learns all he can about humans, their lives, and their emotions. Uh, Ugin is taught by Tejuki about the planes though ugin doesn't really know what it means that means at this time uh Mm teijuki also teaches ugin how to use magic
1: so ugin's learning all these things what is bolus doing right now and now you can call him yeah yeah
0: uh so (laughs) nickel bolus bolus nickel whatever you want to go with uh Learns of useful things too, uh, though it's a bit—it's left a bit vague in this story. Um, but it mm-hmm. kind of comes to the implication that he's able to, on some level, manipulate people, which Nicol Bolas is quite well known for manipulating people throughout his story. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Ugin arrives to a scene where one human brother has murdered the other while the, he seemingly declares his innocence and not knowing what happened. He goes on about how they kind of resolved their issues and we're working together uh, now. And while he, the brother that lives still is being taken away, uh, Ugin notices Nicol Bolas watching the scene uh, and through the conversation that follows basically admits to having intervened between the brothers in some way and likely with a magic of his own in some way or shape or form manipulating the one brother. Um, So our story actually ends here for today. Uh, Mm -hmm. as Nicol Bolas, after all this time with studying, um, these humans, has declared that he's found a way to avenge his sister and takes flight from the city, leaving it behind for good, while Ugin says his goodbyes to Arkady Sabath and Tejuki, before hurrying to follow his twin in his wake.
1: So, as a tease, before we, you know, go back and talk about some of uh, uh, What's happened in this week's story? What are we going to be learning about next? What happens next? Tease us.
0: Yeah. Um, so, uh, Nickel Nickel Bolus. Oh goodness. Now that I now that I can say his name right, I'm still saying it wrong. Um, <laughs> he heads back to the place that they refer to as the Birth Mountain, and to the now Dragon Hunters that dwell around it. The hunters that mm-hmm. killed their sister uh they're gonna Mm -hmm. encounter vivictus asmati again uh ugin will showcase a bit of his magic prowess now and uh yeah a bit of a shorter little story this time uh be honest i didn't think it would move so quickly but it did uh which is fine it just means this will be a bit of a shorter
1: episode but uh yeah, so well, Oh go ahead. It was, so I one of the things throughout this that keeps surprising me and is how small Ugin and Nickel are in relation to all the other dragons. Yeah. Um and I guess and once again having you know having uh, hearing these stories for the first time because of how I know Nicol Bolas and Ugin now, uh, where they are in, you know, in the story, uh, you know, yeah. the current day, both of them are so big and so much larger than life <laughs> that it is so bizarre um, in hearing them being referred to as, you know, as small and tiny and... yeah. Um, and, and you've got to wonder if, you know, if uh, especially with Nickel, um, if he has like some sort of Napoleon complex. <laughs> <about that. laughs> you know, oh, Probably.
0: It's... you wouldn't think it, though, because by the time we get to them towards the later parts of their story, they're massive. They're bigger than most regular dragons to a degree. Um, mm-hmm. You wouldn't think that they would have at one point in time been runts of the bunch.
1: Yeah, it's it's very surprising. Um, the other thing that has really su- that really surprised me about this story is uh, Tijukai, or Tijuki, I can't remember how we decided we're going to pronounce it, so I'll say it both ways. Sure. Um, seems like such an important character, yet um, until this story, never heard him. And when I went on Scryfall, um, could not find any reference on a card anywhere.
0: Yeah, no, no card for good old Key, That's for sure. Uh, I don't know uh, if they uh, show up much more in the story. Their their part to play in this story was minor, but. Uh, yeah I don't know if they play much of a bigger role in the story later on I think they might from the bits of reading I've done but I'm not mm-hmm. 100% certain
1: yeah, it, it, and they might not like they might not appear again in the story but you think for, for such a um, a formative role you know, a- as essentially being Ugin's mentor and you can see some of the things that's, exp- you know, that is taught to, to Ugin throughout this process that ends up defining him, mm-hmm. you know, down the story that uh, usually, um, especially in the later years with magic cards, when they've, you know, when they're putting, you know, the, the little, you know, the, the story beats or the flavor text Usually, there's some kind of there'll be like a comment or something, you know, yeah. some sort of reference, and I w- and I was surprised I couldn't find any,
0: you know. Tejuki, I'm these stories only came out uh in around the, the set of core 19, so this is I just double check but this is the only reference to Tejuki in the story of magic as a whole. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. she only appears in this one chapter, so it. To a degree, it makes sense that we haven't seen her as a card yet. Um, I think it's her. I feel like I'm suddenly miss... Yes. Uh, Yeah, there... She she seems quite intelligent, quite well-knowing. She Mm -hmm. knows things that Ugin can't even seem to understand at the time. Um, She teaches him magic. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's this old withered old lady that is just so wise and intelligent and yet she only appears in this one chapter and doesn't even have any mentions to her in flavor text. So it's a little, yeah, it's a little surprising. Well,
1: and, and now that I know that it, that this story was written around uh, M19 time, I find that even more surprising. I could see if it was, you know, many years ago, but usu- but by uh, by the time of M mm-hmm. nineteen, which is, would have been what twenty yeah. eighteen, um, you know, wizards seem to really, you know, have their stuff together as, as as far as having you know synergy with the stories and what was appearing in the, you know, in, in the the sets those year that, mm-hmm. that year. So yeah, it's it's even more surprising.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. It- It definitely is. Um, Do you have any other thoughts on the story? or I kind of gave it away, but uh, on any other guesses on what might be going down with these dragon hunters uh, in the next story? Uh, I I
1: have a feeling that they're going to die. They might.
0: (laughs) I guess we'll find out. I actually know uh, more or less what goes down with them, so I'm not going to spoil that.
1: No, you don't no. want to spoil it because you want people to be coming back <laughs> for the next episode. Oh,
0: that's true. You're right.
1: So with that, I guess maybe we'll call this uh, the end of the episode for today. Sure, yeah. Uh, y- you can find us at the Walker That's uh, at T-H-E... P L A N W A L K E I Did I Did I even Read it wrong? I think he skipped the I. <laughs> did I? Let's try this again. It's at T-H-E-P-L-A-I-N Walker. W A L K E R one word on Twitter. Uh, and if you have any questions, you can email us at the one at gmail.com.
0: Yes, thank you all for listening. Uh, May your spark shine bright. Until next time.